The Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. Oh, yeah. How's it going, everybody? Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was looking right at you, ta- man. You said everybody. I thought you were talking I, to the, the I said everybody, but I was looking at you. Okay. Um, well, I am well. Yeah, welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball, Basketball Podcast. Podcast. Yeah. Uh, I'm the host, Freddie Revis. And, and who are you, good and the sir? producer, Matt Duncan. Um, where can people check out this podcast if they want to listen to it, subscribe, review? Let's start with iTunes, okay? okay? Because that's where we get all the, the moolah from. Yeah. Stitcher, of course. Sure. Uh, if you're uh, a baby boomer, uh-huh. Player FM. Yep. Um, <laughs> and Spotify, if you're cool. And uh, go to dunkspodcast.com. You can listen there, too. And uh, click on all our linkies there. Ooh, shouldn't have said linkies. That's... Yeah, that was weird. Um, Take that. I'll cut that out. Sorry, man. The uh, the All-Star game just happened. The uh, the next uh, Raptors game is a massive one. Yeah. Um, San Antonio Spurs, uh, return of DeMar DeRozan. Crazy. Um, so without further ado, let's start bringing on, let's start bringing on our guests. Yeah. Uh, friend of the pod, coming in from L.A., um, He's hilarious. Uh, he's got a, a comedy album, which I'm sure that he won't want to push on this no, podcast. Not, no, do, but you should it. check it out. Yeah, uh, he was recently on This American Life, which is pretty crazy. Um, give it up at home for Will Weldon. I didn't know if you'd stick with this one or if you'd go back to one of the old songs. You know what I thought about it? (laughs) Well, you made a request and, you know, we're going to honor that. (laughs) Yeah, I pay pay for (laughs) I pay the royalties for you, Will. Anything to get you back on. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure the recording has royalties, but like that composer has been dead for like 150 years. Well, with Ancestry.com now, I mean, they figured out who's related. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks for the Ancestry.com <laughs> plug, Matt. Um, let's uh, let's bring on guest number two and uh, and get talking ball. Um, he's a hilarious guy. Uh, you can He's all, he's always doing Catch 23 at Comedy Bar uh, most Friday nights. Um, he's the owner of the Comedy Bar. Uh, comedy <laughs> legend. Give it up at home for Gary Rideout Jr. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a pretty straight face for that song. Yeah, I was I was serious about it. I know I forgot to bring my music. Obviously, sorry. I apologize. Uh, it's um, and you also made a request, which I didn't relay to Matt. That's fine. You, I listen. I also yeah. thought when you said everyone at the beginning that you were, I was like, oh, am I? We're going right in. Does he, does he include me? Do I say something? Oh no, I, Honestly, I get an introduction. Great. I don't. Pretty sloppy intro. If I'm being real, <laughs> I was like, is it? Well, because I was like, is everyone for everyone at home? Or yeah, like the you listening know, audience too. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think like one thing I've learned about podcasting is stay vague, stay inconsistent, <laughs> yeah, stuff yeah. like that. I would say I would say there hasn't been much. What is this? Ninety eight. Number 98? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 98. Okay, well, you know, you got a couple more to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Can I... Uh, sure. Uh, I'd also like to add that uh, I'm, like, insanely pissed off about that This American Life segment, 
and uh, feel like they totally sandbagged me. So now I am insanely riled up because you brought it up. Nice. <laughs> oh, I'm glad that there's like some animosity. Uh, we're getting the real Will experience. Who's the mentor now? <laughs> Still him. The, um, the producer. The producer had gotten divorced a year ago, and she just cut my story into what she wishes her ex-husband would do for her. <laughs> Shit. So yeah. you're not you're not here to plug this American life. <laughs> no. And I'll also tell you, you mentioned my album. The day after that This American Life segment came out, my album streams plummeted. So I got literally nothing out of doing that show. <laughs> oh fuck. Oh man, I thought it was the total opposite. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was like all things were great. Um, I'm, I, I, I'm Ira Glass. I'm taking him down one day somehow. <laughs> you just wait. Okay, good. Well, um, you take down Ira Glass. I'm going to take down Zach Lowe, um, who I really like. Zach Lowe? But we, we, I don't know. We got to shoot for the top, right? Yeah. You know, and then once, post. once we take those two down, we'll, Simmons. we'll head for Rogan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Okay, let's. You're skipping over Bill Simmons, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I can take down Bill Simmons. I feel like he would take me oh down. Oh my god! But Rogan, he's, he's okay. taking himself down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like he's he'll he'll self destruct. He bought the whole city of Boston. It's all just gonna fall off the East Coast. Oh yeah. I, I, I think if there's like a mate, okay, you know, I won't even go down that that super grim route. Um, okay, let's let's get rolling here. Are you going to bring up climate change, Freddie? I was going to bring up climate change, <laughs> no. and then I was like, well, I don't even know what that is. All let's... of Boston's going to choke and die on their own vomit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. That's much better than like a uh, disaster we're all uh, we're all afraid of. Um, okay, Matt, tell me something I don't know about. Lynn Sanity, Jeremy Lynn. Jeremy Lynn, the newest Toronto Raptor. That's right. Did you know that his favorite post-meal game is two double-doubles? No. And fries. You mean, for, you mean post-game meal? Yeah, you said post-meal game. Post? Did I say post-meal game? Yeah. And I have it written yeah. post-game meal. Shit, man. Mm. <laughs> but, so, uh, what sorry, do you mean two double-doubles? I got to finish because you're thinking it's Tim Hortons. Yeah. You're thinking it's Tim Hortons. It's from In-N-Out Burger. He's the first American of Chinese or Taiwanese descent to play in the NBA. Mm -hmm. He knew that. Uh, if he didn't grow up to be an NBA player, he wanted to become a food tester. A food tester? Yeah. Okay. Did you know that? I no. thought it was someone at Costco, but I'm the food tester when I go to Costco. Right. Not the guy that's... <laughs> yeah. You're, you're, really you're really proud of that, I know. Um, when he retires, he wants to become a pastor who works with underprivileged kids. What? Did you know that? A pastor? He's very evangelical Christian. I know he's yeah. very religious. Yeah. 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 Um, he was. Did you know he was the first Harvard grad to sign in the NBA in 57 years? How do you go to Harvard and also are religious? <laughs> That's an anomaly to me. Yeah, he's got a lot going on. I, know, I didn't know he was the oh, first yeah. Harvard mean, how player. Many, uh, how many like Catholics would there be walking around in the city of Boston? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not what I mean. I just mean how it can you... be entirely of Irish and uh, Italian. Yeah, for sure. I just mean, how can you be like, you know, incredibly smart and incredibly not smart at the same time? Yeah. <laughs> but maybe that's Boston. Maybe that's Boston. Yeah, maybe it's uh, I don't know. No, that's not Boston. Half of that is Boston. <laughs> uh, you, you know what, too, though? I, I like that you uh, brought up in and out. Uh, because I, I recently uh, felt validated in seeing a poll that said uh, In-N-Out's fries are the worst fries of any place in America. Really? Yeah. I I've never been to In-N-Out. I can't remember In-N-Out fries. Uh, 
Do they have waffle well, fries? Um, was that poll in a was that poll in a Jealous Losers magazine <laughs> monthly? <laughs> well, the fries are a god awful. <laughs> no, okay, fries. Listen, the fries are part of it. The fries are. It's like it's not like McDonald's where you're like, oh, the fries are the best part, and I'm stuck with this like horrible uh, end of the world hamburger. Well, we say horrible, but just, <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, some of these. Uh, some of these I, I changed intentionally. Toronto will uh, haunt me that I fucked that one up. Uh, <laughs> but no, look, listen. the the fries The fries are not bad. They're fine, and they're also Ooh. a part of the like. They're a part of the experience as well. <laughs> they're absolutely the fries. The fries have too much variance. I'm loving this fries debate. <laughs> hey, hey, l- listen, listen. Honestly, okay. The the burger is fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would see, I would say mm-hmm. it's above above like for that type of simple burger, it's right. it's done well. Uh, I think it's overrated, but that's people's fault for hyping it. Mm-hmm. Um, the fries are go- you're eating. I couldn't tell if I was eating the fries or the box. You know what I mean? Like they're they're really the worst. Okay, well, first of all, the box is not that soggy, okay? <laughs> these weren't. These were like straw. They were like hard straw. It was crazy. In and Out is our new sponsor, and we're in a lot of <laughs> okay, trouble. Okay, let me guys. tell you something. I've been there twice ever, so you probably have a bit. You know, like you said, maybe I was there two times when it was bad. Listen, I don't know if we're ever going to settle this debate. It's never bad. Sometimes the fries are just not great. They're not made well, but it's a different kind of fry. Also, you want to talk about? Listen, people. Oh, In and Out overrated, and then they'll be like, "Oh, I'm going to Shake Shack later." Those people cannot be trusted on anything. Shake Shack. (laughs) Shake Shack's pretty good. I I like Five Guys. it's a fourteen dollar a meal toilet. Yeah, I wouldn't fucking. I wouldn't if it meant uh, if not going in there meant pissing my pants in the parking lot. Yeah, buddy, you better believe I'm gonna go for those plosives before okay. I said. <laughs> okay, guys. Okay, this, well, this, this isn't Joe question. House House of Carbs. Okay, here, what, okay? One, one question. One question. <laughs> one question. Carl's Jr. Six dollar bacon guacamole burger. Yes. No. Yes. I don't eat pork. I don't eat pork. <laughs> but, but. I do love Carl's Jr. Great. Okay, the, we're, uh, that's okay. I, just, I wanted us to come together on something. Uh, yeah, I, I like that. I like to get the uh, the jalapeno burger <laughs> at like one thirty in the morning, mm-hmm. and then wake up at three in the morning with yeah. just insane diarrhea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you you've been to Carl's Jr. Okay. <laughs> okay, Matt. What else Dude, you got about Jeremy Lin? Every for, single time. For God's sake, <laughs> he hates soup. He hates soup. Yeah, more food. <laughs> get it? You gotta get away from oh, food. Oh, These guys oh, are gonna pop off. Oh, we're um, gonna talk. About Ravi soups? No, I love Ravi soups. <laughs> Let's get out of here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I do love Ravi soups. Freddie is shook. I am. Um, wait, is that it for Jeremy Lin? Just like, well, you're going to end on he likes soups? No. He. Uh, what else do you want to know? That um, for some people that don't realize how big Lin's sanity was, he only mm-hmm. played for the Knicks for 35 games. I didn't know that. I, for some reason, I. As big as Lin's sanity was, they thought it was longer. But, yeah. And he was mistaken for a trainer before he had his big breakout by the security yeah, there. Uh, Houston, uh, Houston signed him to that poison pill contract, Ooh. right? Where they gave him yes. like. They gave him like four million the first season and like thirteen million the second season or something yeah. like that. That was the year all the poison pill contracts were going around, like Omar Ashik. Remember yeah. him? Uh, they, they would oh, backload boy. the contracts there. Um, okay, let's let's start talking Raptors ball because yeah. there's there's uh, always a. Uh, also, a sh- I, sorry, go I ahead. do want to say it was funny that you were like 
tell me something I don't know about Jeremy Lin. And the second thing Matt said was that he's of Chinese American descent. <laughs> no, he's the only person in the NBA of Chinese American descent. Okay. I mean, I, I did know that. And <laughs> did you know he's Chinese American. Will comes in heart. So, Matt, I am going to give you a C plus on that one. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, sorry, dude. It's Jeremy Lin. He's pretty famous. I mean, it was worth um, it for the burger Something talk. you don't know about Jeremy Lin, he plays basketball in the National Basketball Association. <laughs> National <laughs> Basketball Okay, Matt. All right. Also, I heard there's We're like the rails here. Just, just, just the last thing on Lin though. But like, I heard like, didn't he do a bunch of investing in like leagues in China and stuff? Yeah. He's like actually like also like insanely wealthy because of that. Yeah, no, he's uh, he's on track to be like one of the first ever um, billion dollar basketball players, which is always a caveat. Yeah, LeBron, everybody knew that. That's why I didn't bring it up. Well, LeBron probably. <laughs> Has that kind of money, but can't show. I know <laughs> Will's calling you out. But does he like soup? <laughs> does he like soup? okay? You know what, Matt? Why don't you give me that Raptors sting? I mean, they're not an up and coming team. They're here. They're here. They're here. They're here. <laughs> <laughs> here. Some pretty good sound design. <laughs> That's how I mix. You got to add some soup slurping in. There. Oh, I <laughs> okay. Will, are you ready? Yeah, I also I, I will say going back to Jeremy Lin, I do think it's interesting that he's not voted into the All Star Game every year, the way Yao Ming and Tracy McGrady were, uh, because everyone in China would vote for them. But now that I've seen Crazy Rich Asians, I'm like, oh, I guess maybe China just does not feel the same connection with a Chinese American player as they did with a Chinese player in the NBA. That's probably fair, but but he's still like. I think he's still like top 20 jerseys or something, right? Like his jersey sales are still like... Yeah, he's very, very popular. Yeah. But that's actually oh, a good well, point because like Zaza would always like, you know, almost get voted in. Doncic almost had it this year. Like mm -hmm. if, if you come from a... If you're the, you're the only representative of a country, you kind of have... You often have a leg up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, Doncic also rules is why. Yeah, he's he's pretty great. Um, okay, Will. Let's uh let's let's talk Kawhi a little bit here leading up to the big Friday San Antonio game. Um so not so much like uh you know how he's going to perform in this individual game cuz it's probably not going to matter at the end, but where are you at uh with this this weird season of Kawhi Leonard, you know, he he made a couple comments about the Raptors and uh and Toronto over the All Star All Star break, mostly good. You know, he threw in the kind of like cold stuff, which which sucks. But um, he said he's having a good time, and we're a competitive team. Um, obviously, he's hard to read. You know, do do you care about that narrative, or you know, well, where are you at with uh, Kawhi as a Raptor? Are you enjoying it? Is um is a uh, is Demar gonna play, or is he still out, or is he out? He's uh, he's healthy right now, right? Yeah, I think he's gonna play. Yeah, I think See, he just. I, you know, this is kind of off topic, but uh, I do think Pop is not the same guy this season as he used to be. Mm -hmm. Because if he were the same guy, he would absolutely bench Demar Derozan. But I think Derozan has been benched in some fourth quarters, hasn't he? Well, no, no. I mean, he'd give him a straight up DNP in his return to Toronto. <laughs> I don't think he would do that. But would Pop? Oh, the, yeah. Pop's good at using people and making them, you know, the best version of themselves. I can't see him not you not wanting to bottle that, you yeah, know, DeRozan I, anger or whatever. Well, like, no, he'd do it just to like fuck with the other team, a hundred percent. Maybe, yeah, but it, but again, this is like the crowd's gonna be like DeRozan's gonna go off. Like I feel like the crowd's gonna support him big time. The crowd's gonna love DeRozan. I, I think. Um, it's uh, also. Uh, I mean, I'm still. I just think Kawhi is going to leave. I just don't think he wants, I don't think he wants to say, I don't think he dislikes the 
Raptors, mm-hmm. but I just think it's the type of thing where he's like playing the year out and uh, we'll figure it out. So are you, are you, are you bothered by that? Like, do you care that he's kind of like a, like a hired gun, like a mercenary type season or are you like, whatever, who cares if we win? No, I, I don't care. Cause I don't take it personally because I don't, it's not like I, I don't feel like the organization is like a joke the way it was essentially before Masai showed up. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's also the type of thing. It's like, uh, you know, I'm pro players doing whatever they want. I'm always on the player side pretty much. And also it's like when the trade happened and everybody was like, well, he's just going to leave in a year. Like I'm completely fine with the Kawhi experiment just being the start of the process of blowing up that original core of players. And then, you know, beginning the process of remaking the team into what it's going to be next. Although now I'm almost a little afraid that, you know, Siakam will get so good that we're not able to bottom out properly. But that's either, that's always been my we, opinion. What what was that? No, sorry. I, I, that's always been my opinion is that the the Raptors have too much talent and are too asset rich to dare compete with the Atlantas and Clevelands of the world. I think it would take them years to yeah, I just to really gut. Yeah, they're just if they I wanted just, to do that. I just don't think it's going to happen. And it's like that's a, that's another reason. I like you know just to to add on to, to your points there, Will. It's like. I'm fine if he leaves, you know, I'm completely yeah. fine with it. It's I've made like, peace with it. I'd lo- it's not even something you need to make peace with. Like we, we, we play great with him in the lineup. We play great without him in the lineup. Also like it, the, the organization has been so professional mm-hmm. uh, through the entire process with him that, you know, there's a lot of free agents this year. If, if, if it's not him and we want to make next year's last year of that window with, you know, with Kyle and Gasol right. and besides and, and three Serge, year window. Yeah. Well, well, these guys that all have one year left, mm-hmm. right? Like if you want to make that year work as well, then, you know, maybe you, you get Kemba or, or whoever, whoever's the 10th best free agent. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of great guys out there. Middleton. They, they and, can't all go. Mm-hmm. They can't all go to, to one team. So it's like, maybe you get someone else because they're also willing to be treated the way that Kawhi got treated, yeah. you know? And they're like, well, you know, it, there's only 10 realistic locations I want to go in this league, not all 30. Yeah. And I, I feel like we're at least in that 10 conversation, you know, do you th- despite what Chris, ba- Chris Bosch said. Oh God. Yeah. Do, but, you, do you think continuity is an issue with Kawhi or do you think it's going to manifest in the playoffs? Like the whole Kawhi offense and Raptor offense, has that been overblown? I, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, th- I think we'll see what, I mean, it's been interesting this year that like I, I really didn't like early in the season when it was like the last five minutes every time up the floor was just Kawhi Iso. Right. And I was like, but I feel like, you know, I really feel like Nurse is just gonna go with what's working. And by the time you get to that last five minutes, you're gonna know what's working. And 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 even there's been times this year where Kawhi's deferred to Pascal because mm-hmm. I think he sees a legit second scoring threat. Yeah. That that sort of you know, he hasn't been seeing with some of the other guys prior to Pascal's emergence. Yeah. And, it's I was, like, and with a guy like Gasol being able to like, like guys love knowing that if you give a guy a ball, you might get it back, mm-hmm. you know, and a guy's looking for you. Yeah. I think, I think Gasol can definitely be a bridge of sorts, even if he's, you know, if you're low on Gasol, 
um, as far as his health and, and that sort of thing and his impact. I think at the very least, he's going to bring someone who has an, an intensely good basketball IQ. The, the, the longest deals we're seeing in the NBA now are like five years. Mm-hmm. So, and most guys are less than that. So it's like, yeah, bottoming, bottoming out is one route that maybe eventually works, though we're seeing that teams are having difficulty with that. It's taking a long time. Yeah. And it's like, if we already have Pascal and OG, you know, and Fred and and uh, Norm or whatever, it's like Kawhi leaves the year after Serge and Kyle and 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 Gasol are all gone. But who's filling in those those other spots? Like, is there a free agent you go get? But mm-hmm. you know, each of these next three years, are there guys we've drafted and developed in those years? Like, there's just so many factors that it's yeah. like you can't be worried about it this year. You got to worry about trying to win this year. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna I get to. Think the, sorry, uh, go ahead. Will. I also think the playoffs have a way of like any like questions about offenses and stuff like the playoffs just consolidate that in the same way the playoffs kind of expose like deep teams as not being as good as ones that are just stacked at the top it's like in the playoffs you know all your best players are playing like 35 to 40 minutes Mm -hmm. and it seems like every team pretty much just finds their groove right away because they just spend so much time on the floor it's not, you know, Nurse has also done so much experimenting this season because he's, you know, had a completely different team like three or four times. Yeah. But I think once the playoffs roll around, it's just going to be like, well, here's the offense. And yeah, unless like somebody's going off one night, it's going to be a lot easier for them to find the thing they're going to do for the playoffs. Yeah, I think the only question is going to be like, how often are Gasol and Serge on the floor at the same time? You know, like, right. And do, uh, and do they have to, like, you know, play eight to 12 minutes a game together? If right. That's going to be part of our like seven, six to, to get them unit. to get them both like in the game, you know, like because otherwise, yeah, I, I you know, you can tell pretty early in a game if like Norm has it or not, you know, right. like otherwise he's out that game, you know, because like I loved watching those first couple games with Gasol and like, you know, uh it looked like he was playing with Memphis, but like he looked like he was playing with his like usual like ragtag group. You know, Fred would put the ball inside to him, and it would go immediately to Norm or back to Fred, and they were had an open look. But if they're not hitting the shots, then they got to go back. To, you know what I mean? Get off the floor because you're wasting what what Gasol is doing. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, if we go down to eight guys, you know, already Norm's probably out anyway. I think Norm's out for sure. If if we go down to eight guys, because it's a, to me, it's like a it's a Jeremy Lin Gasol. OG are the are the guarantee, or if it's Surge coming off the bench, those are the guarantees. And, and then fr- after that, Fred too. Fred too, I think. Yeah, like, I'm very interested to see how Fred comes back and works. Yeah, with Jeremy, Jeremy Lin, Lin would probably get uh, would probably get that spot over Norm just because Jeremy Lin can create his own offense. Yeah, yeah, and he but, can yeah he can he can attack closeouts. He can yeah exactly he can create his own offense and he can make you know high efficiency plays for the rest of his team. But like unless like. Jeremy Lin, like I, he, to me, he seems like he's gonna mostly be a low key game manager. Yeah. Um, yeah. If he goes off or something, you know, while Fred's out, I really hope we get some Toronto insanity because people will go crazy for sure, yeah. for sure. And he might have a game or two like that. But like, if he genuinely goes off, it's like I don't know how when Fred's back, he doesn't automatically supersede him. Uh, you know how Fred doesn't supersede Jeremy. Yeah. Yeah. I think Fred's had a lot more time with the team can play better defense and can do most of what Jeremy Lin does. But Jeremy Lin is pretty gifted offensively. I think like as far as like he's pretty intuitive, but yeah, Fred's, you know, had a lot of time with the team, et cetera. 
it's been very interesting with Fred this year because, you know, I, I felt like last year when, you know, when he was just, you, you would see in the offense when he was catch and shoot, I think he's way more efficient with his threes. Yes. And it's like when he's handling the ball, I feel like he misses a lot. I don't know if that's just like my own personal eye test or what. I feel like but. he's dribbling the ball more than he did last year to his own detriment. He's looking a bit more like Corey Joseph than than yeah. Fred, I think. Yeah, I don't mind when he does the Corey Joseph slash, though, to you know, for the layup. Yeah, and the, like, the, the weird cut. Yeah, and then just like flies into the like, you know. Okay, let's uh, let's let's pivot to the end of the, uh, the to the home stretch here, um, Gary. I'll start with you. So the Raptors are um, currently tied for sixth in offense, tied for tenth in defense, and fourth in net rating. All worse um, than this time last year. Uh, what do you think they need to improve the most, like in in, the, in these last you know twenty whatever it is twenty four games? Uh, I mean, well, I th- you know, first of all, the reason that it's worse than last year is because they're just not getting the consistency of mm-hmm. guys in the lineup. They they have different lineups every night. Yeah, uh, they've had you know injuries to to yeah. Kyle. They're experimenting uh, more. They're not doing the platoon thing. Yeah. you know, they're not trying to do well, what the Bucks are trying to do. You know, right? and and again, like you you had JV and Serge starting, and then you had like you know Pascal as part of that bench unit, bringing that energy and then bench mob was like destroying guys. Yeah. So that's why the net rating was so much higher. Um, I, I think it's, I think consistency is still a problem. They start some games really slow. Uh, and then you see, they typically like, they don't even turn on the defense till the second half. Maybe that's a regular season thing. Maybe it's going to be different come playoffs. They're going to start, you know, strong right out the gate. But yeah, I, f- I find you see, they don't even turn on the D until like, Halfway through the third quarter, I know uh, their care meter is really tough to measure. It's hard to tell. And I don't know if it's because of like there's like there's scar tissue from previous playoff years, or if it's that we're a little bit older. I, or, yeah, I, I don't. I, I can't get can't quite get a read. I don't, the, I don't yeah. know what you call that thing where it's just like it's not like they're not trying. They're trying. But they're like they're also like they know there's time, so they're like trying things out on the floor, and then it feels like there seems know, to be a lack of killer instinct until until they're down or. But but again, you know, like I was at the Detroit game earlier this year, they were up 17 points and then lost, right? So yeah, that's already like Casey revenge game. That's yeah, that's why I'm worried about the Demar game this yeah. week too, oh, right? Yeah, I'm like, too. we're not good with these things. <laughs> um, Will, how how are you feeling about the Raptors heading down to the stretch? Like, what should they focus on improving the most? I mean, they should, if they're going to like act like LeBron and kind of not give as much of a shit for the first three quarters of the season, then yeah, like, yeah, which is dangerous if you're not LeBron. Play, they have to start, they have to start playing defense for entire games. Cause especially against teams like, cause they'll, you know, like watching that game where they beat the Suns by like two at the buzzer was like, just like one of those times where I was just so insanely pissed off at them because mm-hmm. it was just like, there's just no reason. There's no reason for them to not just like walk out and just like crush them in the first half. And then you can, you know, take your foot off the gas a little bit and recover. But it, but it's like, then they play, you know, the Bucks or the Celtics and they just get the shit kicked out of them because those two teams play the entire game. And uh, it would be nice to see them like put up a good effort against some of these teams that have been like beating them in the regular season. Although I don't even think wait, we don't even have any games against the Bucks left. We have we? one more against Boston, which is big. But, but you know, like to Will's point, it's like we, uh, Freddie, you were also at that Brooklyn game last week or yeah. whatever, and it's like the first half just felt like swapping buckets. Like, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, like 
in the first half, literally it felt like they were like, well, whatever, we're just going to score when we get the ball, so come on and score. And then Brooklyn would come down and score too. And Brooklyn, you know, they play this kind of like super, you know, Houston kind of like Maury ball game. But even still, I think that if the Raptors had game planned a little bit more, they maybe wouldn't let Joe Harris hit six threes yeah, in the first quarter, yeah. five threes in the first quarter. Yeah. I mean, it was, he, it was weird to watch. Uh, like, he, it's not like he was getting open shots, but I'm like, I no, was, you have to be up on him. Like they're up on Danny. Like, yeah, this, I, that's I, who this guy is. He's, I, he's money. That's like, it. Like I was, first of all, like it looked like every time up the floor, like, you know, we were fighting to figure out how to get our basket. And mm-hmm. then they were just coming down and just hitting. You know, in the first half, that's how it felt all game was like, you know, we were like figuring out what to do. And and they for them, it seemed easy, you know, like it seemed like Toronto was relying on them missing shots Mm -hmm. often enough and that Toronto was going to be more efficient. But like it was harder to like they were all strategizing a play and Brooklyn was just coming down and just like not being defended again. Like and I was glad to see Harris win the three point contest because I was like, yo, is this guy only going off against us or what? (laughs) I know. And actually, he he had a really good uh, he was on the Brian Windhorse um, pod and he was just talking about how he he got basically bounced out of the league. Um, he yeah. got injured and then Dan Gilbert of the Cleveland Cavaliers let him go and like waved him and you know Brooklyn was his like last chance so he's definitely you know realized that opportunity for sure sorry Will were you going to say something uh, uh, oh I was going to say it's like uh, the the like Raptor shooters are way 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 too streaky for the team to not emphasize defense first because there are games where they shoot like absolute dog shit, but they still play like they can just count on, like they can just count on their guys to make threes, and they can't really count on them every game. Because there are games where like you know I don't know what's up with Lowry shooting this year, but even like Danny Green or like Abaka will go you know five for seven one game, and then he'll go like one for six the next. It's they're all so unreliable uh, with their three point shooting that like. They have to play defense harder. Yeah, I think now coming in the stretch. Last year was the the thing. I remember the Celtics were creeping up on them mm-hmm. for first in the East, and the Raptors had a game against the Celtics that was like so big. In ter- like if I they that. beat the Celtics, they were Sucked. guaranteed to be first, and they just came out and they like played like shit, and the Celtics beat the living hell out of them. And that's when I was like, well, this team's going out in the second round again. Like this, it's. This is like the stretch where they can prove that they're fundamentally different from how they've been from the last three or four seasons where, you know, they have great records at the end of the year, but you watch them and you're like, well, this team is fundamentally flawed somewhere because they're not going to do it when it matters. Unless the team they're playing is missing their like top three guys, like when we beat the Heat in the playoffs that year. Right. I have a question. Sure. Are are you guys... Do you guys want to win the conference or or for for matchups are you happy to stay in second place? Um I I don't think it matters so much winning the conference. I think that there's a good chance that we do just because the Bucks have a harder schedule than we do and we're only one game behind and you know with with so little games to go and where the All-Star game is placed now Boston, Philly, or Indiana catching us is going to be really hard. We would have to win basically at 50%. Oh, yeah. They would have to win at like 80%. No, we're, we're finishing 1-2 for sure. I actually said after the last Bucks lost, I said we're still going to win the conference by two games. 
I think I think we could, and, and I'm I'm very interested to see how much Giannis has down the stretch. It might just be like he has even more, and he's the best, and he's going to win the MVP, and that that's that. But sure. but I think also he might get a little bit tired, or 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 they might you know uh, teams might to might start to scheme them a little bit better. It, it depends how much we rest guys too. Like we might lose some trap games or just lose yeah some. You see know. that that's like I think like I, I don't want to say I'm concerned about resting guys because I think it's obviously very important, but I do want to see high-level defense, uh, you know, at least I want to see that we can play top five defense heading into the playoffs. One thing um, I was reading about, which was kind of interesting, is that uh, out of the top five defenses in the NBA, three of them allow um, the most threes in the league. So Milwaukee, Boston, and Indiana all allow tons of threes. They're just not corner threes, and they're really good at stopping lane penetration. So I... I mean, I'm, I'm not going to deposit that Nurse's scheme is not that good, but I think there are some holes that we talked about earlier in the season, but like Will was saying, I think the streakiness of our shooters is a little bit on Nurse. You know, I think guys need some kind of, not Casey-style platoon, like the same thing every game, but there does need to be some regularity there as far as who's taking which shots and when. And and on the other side, I think we need to know where we're supposed to be on defense a little bit more if we're going to be able to kind of like bring it up to a high gear in the playoffs. Well, just OG and Serge get the arm lock going and that's it. Oh, man, yeah. Okay, actually, that, that, that's actually great. Uh, Will, I'm going to start with you on this one. Who, uh, Which Raptor do you think is going to finish, um, who's going to have the strongest finish to the year? Uh, I think it's going to be Siakam, for sure, because he's on, like, this crazy role. Yeah. And uh, I do, It's I think Gary mentioned earlier, but it's, like, watching the games, it, it, it seems like Siakam is kind of the guy who Kawhi is, the most pumped to play with. Yeah. I was, and, I was uh, at that Utah game where there were like Pippen and Rodman or sorry, Pippen and Jordan out there. They both got like 40 points. It was nuts. Sorry. Yeah. And it's also like watching they're like, just like all these clips of like Siakam making big plays and like Kawhi grinning on the bench. So it seems like it's the one guy. And I think, uh, and obviously he and Lowry have great chemistry. And I also think it's going to be a thing where, you know, Lowry is going to be able to be like, well, I can, I don't have to do as much if this, you know, insanely athletic guy is just streaking all over the court doing every single thing. So I think he's going to get more and more responsibility put on him as the season comes to a close. And I think he's going to like excel in that role. I also liked uh, Kyle uh, coming off the court, you know, last game, but telling Nick Nurse, he's like, yo, man, you got to get Pascal out of there. Like, that was cool. Yeah, it was so yeah. cool. Like, that was a nice, like, leadership to... moment. Yeah. I always, like, look for those little things, and that was big. Get him his ovation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, you know, and chirping, and, like, Pascal saying he chirped him at the line to, yeah. <laughs> to get that 40. <laughs> um, who do you think is going to have the strongest finish to the year? I mean, you know, probably probably the same answer. Like, it, it probably is Pascal. I mean, I'd, I'd love to see... Um, to me, it would mean more. Like I, I, I don't see how Pascal can't just keep doing what he's doing. I think he's going to keep rolling. Like I, you know, teams might have more of an answer for him next year but or in the playoffs. But I think for the, these last twenty four games, he's just going to continue spanking everybody. But I would love to see OG. Uh, yeah, get more, get a few more minutes and a little bit more consistency and be used as a shooting option a bit more. Um, you know, yeah. If he yeah. was like, if he was consistently scoring in the, you know. Like, whatever, 12 to 20 point range, something like that, like 12, 15 points, something like that. Like, that 
having that guy, uh, you know, be a part of that bench unit and and just you know, th- it's it's tough because like he went straight into being a part of the starting unit last year, and now he's like been on the bench. Mm-hmm. He's you know limited less minutes than last year. Uh, he's had a lot of personal stuff happen, but it's like if if he's getting you know some some good defensive minutes like if they're trusting like i mean i i feel like danny green took a, a big chunk of you know th- those minutes um, yeah he 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 like danny green and Kawhi went into the those two spots and they're both like yeah we can we can cover everything you need we just need filler basically yeah, yeah. but it's like but i feel like og feeling like feeling important feeling like uh, you know, a more valuable piece of the rotation mm-hmm. and, and contributing a little more, a little more consistently. Like yeah. there's games he's out there and you know, he's, he's got two points or something and it's like, I, he's playing decent defense, but you don't really notice him. And it's like, they've got to involve him in the game a little more. And maybe if they end up keeping Mark as a part of that unit and it is just like, you know, getting him a few more looks and stuff like he's going to, I want to see him invigorated. Yeah. Okay. So I, I think he's going to be invigorated. I think he's right at that perfect time of a sophomore slump where you know n- like there's not pr- there's not like a lot of the pressure on him that started the season to have a breakout year like Siakam has eroded because he hasn't and Siakam has burst through and he is that guy yeah. um and i think that nurse and masai still want og to be a big part of this team obviously going forward and in this playoff stretch like they they clearly remember how well he played LeBron and and stuff like that and I think that you're gonna want to use a guy like OG on Hayward or Tatum or Butler or whoever like he's gonna have to play good defensive minutes and and I think that Gasol is gonna help him have like a breakout for for the like I mean maybe I'm being too optimistic and I think it's gonna be a low level breakout compared to Siakam but. I yeah I'm I'm optimistic with with OG. He's still really young. You're listing those matchup guys in Boston, but like who's your ideal first round opponent? Like, you know, nice oh, and e- nice and easy. For me anyone but Brooklyn. Yeah. I just don't Bro- want to play yeah. a team that's Bro- going to Bro- jack threes. But Brooklyn, like Brooklyn Brooklyn's probably going to end up in the 6 spot or whatever. We're not going to drop to 3 like I think, right? So it's yeah, those was, bottom teams it's like it's, even, like it's even, pretty rough. Like we Detroit. shouldn't roll them. Right, but or, like Orlando is like charging now. Like I, they maybe Orlando is going to get into that 7 or 8 spot, yeah. which is crazy. But because Miami's struggling, would you like a Pistons and the matchup? Pistons, sure? you know. I mean, Casey, I d- again, I, I didn't like that I was at that game, but I think in seven we destroy them. Yeah, yeah but so. it, it looks like it's going to be Hornets, Pistons, or the Heat. Yeah, and, I and think we'll roll all three. I, of those yeah, teams. and I wouldn't mind the Hornets again. Like I'd rather the Hornets. Um, you know, I, there's not much there. What I don't want to get into is like a physical series mm-hmm. where like someone gets hurt or or guys get worn yes. down, which is like can happen with like a Miami or, you, you know, like yeah. th- they'll play physical ball, right? It's like, I want to just mm-hmm. beat guys at basketball nice and easy, keep yeah, the guys fresh for the second round. I know, I want to have a first ever Raptors like calm playoff sweep, <laughs> but I just know uh, I'm, I'll, do, I'll, do, no, I'll be at K1 and we're going to lose and everyone's going to fucking <laughs> doesn't even need to be, out. Doesn't even need to be a sweep. But like five games would be nice. Yeah. You know? Be real nice. I mean, even the even the Wizards last year, like it sucked when the Wizards came back to make it like an even two two. Mm-hmm. But then those next two games, it was just like it was like it was as if the fi- Raptors were finally like, This is a joke and just sort of <laughs> yes. rolled over them and finished the series. Like after after the uh, game four, it was just like then they came into game five and it was like in uh, there was no doubt about who was going to end up winning that playoff series. Yeah. I think like if, you know, 
if the if the team you're playing is like, oh no, what do we do about Delon? Then you're you're <laughs> you're probably in a pretty good spot. And yeah, it would have been nice to beat that to beat that Wizards team in less than six games. But uh, I mean, that goes back to the whole Lowry thing, and I think Wall is the type of guy who always frustrates Lowry. He's just bigger and stronger, and that's really tough in a playoff series. But I do think that we handled Washington more than we got credit for. But, you know, that's all based on us just getting murdered and embarrassed by Lebronto and, and Cleveland, which kind of shaped the whole narrative afterwards. Um, yeah, that was the first – that was like the first playoff series of this era where I was just like, oh, they just came – like where they really kind of played like – they were supposed to and how you imagined a team that is like the number one seed would like, they just, they came in and you know, they had like a couple bad games, whatever. Right. But they like won after that. They just yeah. came in and they, they did take they care won. of business. Um, I also think Gasol could have, uh, could be a sort of weird, like dark horse candidate to like break out during the last stretch of the season. Cause he, I thought one of you guys guy say who that. clearly is so much happier winning and like he also plays you know he's so used to winning in as difficult a fashion as possible yes so i think he, it really might like just like rejuvenate him and that attitude like you know everybody likes having that guy at work who's like pumped and excited to be at the job yeah i keep saying start to feel like hey maybe this is job is better than i was remembering it being yeah I, I keep saying he like I, i'm just waiting for the moment he like picks someone up off the floor and like kisses him on the forehead like really gently like soccer style like that's what he wants <laughs> but, you know what i mean so like but but for you guys then is it like you know do you start like in in your dream scenario do you start him and surge both or do you move him into the starting rotation and surge to the bench my dream scenario has gasol starting period and I and I, yeah. what I really don't want to do is get locked into you know, uh, and I'm a, I'm a bit of a Dwayne Casey apologist, but I don't want to get locked into the Dwayne Casey thing about like, well, well, how do we maximize our bench? It's like you don't maximize your bench. You, you start the game with your best lineup, period, and then you figure it out from there. Because what you don't want to do is be like, oh, let's save Gasol till we're 11 points down uh, in the first quarter. It's like what? No, no, don't do that at all. And I always hear people say. It's more important who closes a game. It's like, no, every minute of the game is important. And I don't understand why you would devalue a second of a playoff game. Like, you know, if Gasol is so much better than Surge and can play 48 minutes, then bench Surge for the entire game. I mean, I, I, obviously that's not the case, but you, you know but what I'm saying? Like, Surge has had a great year this year. And I, think a, I think a big part of that is is, you know is opportunity and spacing based on not sharing the floor with JV. So that's it's true. It's so true. it's like, does he become ineffective if, if both he and, you know, Mark are starting or yeah. if by saying that Mark is starting, are you saying that Serge is the sixth guy or whatever? And I also think an interesting question, and I'm, I'm kind of surprised you brought, you brought it up, Gary, because I floated it somewhere and I kind of got laughed. Or everyone was, everyone thought I was, a, I was a moron. I, I, I was saying, you know, <laughs> as insane as it might seem, Moving Pascal to the bench and bringing him in very quickly could be an option if you're not, you know, getting small balled by a team. Like if you're playing a bigger team where you're not going to get, um, 
the thing is that would be a very old lineup. That's like, what, if if it's Kyle, yeah. yeah, if you know if it's Kyle, Danny, Kawhi, Serge, and Gasol, there might just be zero fast breaks. That's you it. know what I mean? Like Yeah, that's it. Dude, there's no there's no variety in what you're doing. Yeah. Like like Kyle Kyle, you know, sending, you know, touchdown passes to Pascal, like keeps the defense honest, you know, like stretches yes. the floor, keeps yeah. them honest. And it's like and his energy I think keeps, you know, opens things up for everybody else. Yeah. It's like, I, 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 I theoretically understand what you, what you're talking about, but I, I just, I don't think that's the guy. Like, I don't think he can do it. Yeah. He is having one of those seasons that it's, it's just so good to, to even contemplate moving him to the bench. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's, uh, let's, let's get to some NBA stuff. But before that, mm. uh, Matt, why don't you tell me something I don't know? And you, you picked a lot of high-profile players today, but tell me something I don't know about Rod Strickland. Rod Strickland played 15 games for the Raptors during the 2003-04 season. What? Yeah. Yep. Uh, did you know he's the godfather to Kyrie Irving? No. Yeah. No, that's cool. Okay, yeah, so he's the godfather to Kyrie. Uh, do you know that he's, like, this is a recent thing, he's in charge of the G League's professional path program. Have you heard about what this is? Is that some no. underground walkway yeah. that connects? <laughs> I was going all, right there too. All the teams to play. Is it like the Toronto Path? Does it have good signage? What's going on? Like, uh, well, actually, what this does is give elite high school basketball players a choice that they don't have to do the one and done college rule. Oh, so he's in charge of that he's, whole new yeah, transition that, yeah. that that was silver and yeah, and like the players. Oh wow, it'll be a select. You know, like they're saying, yeah, like yeah. the first thing will only be a handful of players, but they'll get paid one hundred twenty five thousand dollars. Uh, for a five-month season. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty crazy compared... Like, I thought... Is, is, does it seem like they're trying to get in on the recruit... Like, the NBA is trying to get in on the recruiting with this? Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah the the NBA... Um, I think the movement really started with uh, Obama at the Sloan Conference, but he kind of floated the idea that, like, you know, really, if you take a deep look at... Um, the what at the one and done, it yeah. doesn't make a lot of sense. It's yeah. not fair. And, yeah. and the NBA is losing money. Like from right. a, corp- from a corporate standpoint, it doesn't make any sense for the NBA to not have those players. Obama is a big fan. Well, of now, now yeah, he's, he loves slow, man. One and done, you're going to end up with, uh, it, like the draft equivalent of that year. The salary cap jumps That's right. like $18 million. The double draft. have essentially two, yeah, two draft classes in one draft. And like, I'm sure, and it's just the kind of thing where, like, as soon as that happens, every like every single team is going to be trade trying to trade for like the thirtieth pick in the draft because it'll be the equivalent of like the fifteenth pick in a regular draft. Yeah, that's why no team wants a contract past twenty twenty one because they're all waiting yeah. for that date to be announced. I th- I think it could be as soon as twenty twenty two, and that's when all our guys are expiring. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Besides the G. Okay, sorry. Yeah, any more Rod Strickland stuff? I've got one more thing. Did you know that uh, when he played, specifically in the 90s, Uh this is another uh, food. Okay, okay. okay. (laughs) His pregame meal was a slice of pizza and a hot dog. And Why? Like, sometimes I hear these the guys 90s, pregame meals. And I'm like, the what? '90s and '80s ruled. Like, like <laughs> I remember hearing Mike Bossy give a speech, uh, or like he gave like a talk at this event, and he was talking about how like 
all the players on the Islanders would just sit on the bus on the way to games, chain smoking cigarettes. Yeah. Like it, what an incredible time for sports. Yeah. Mario Lemieux would smoke in the hallway to the dressing room between shifts. Yeah, that is Guy Lafleur. That is. Can yeah. you imagine a picture of that? A picture of like Mario Lemieux, like with a sore back, you know, like <laughs> at the peak of his game, just like downing a dart. Yeah, yeah. hacking a dart, <laughs> then going out and dangling everybody and sniping. It's like. Yeah. What am I doing? <laughs> well, there's there's a there's that story about Guy Lafleur. It was like overtime, and he like was smoking a cigarette in the hallway, set it down, went out for his shift, got the puck, scored, skated off the ice, and picked his cigarette back up and finished it. <laughs> oh wow, yeah, he was really fast too, which is unreal. Like that's the that's the most French Canadian thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Um, well, uh, Matt, Have Matt, like was, a Pepsi yeah. and a cigarette in between shifts. Matt, that was so a, just yeah, just about his diet. He would routinely yeah. become ill during timeouts because of his poor diet. He'd throw up. <laughs> what? Okay, that's. <laughs> hey, I, I mean, you always got to start with that. Kind and of he stuff. didn't. He didn't think to change the pizza slice yeah. and hot so dog. Before he the had game. like that's amazing. He's like allergic to hot dogs or something, and he's just pounding one before yeah. every game. Yeah. Yeah. That's even, pretty cool. It's not even allergic. Like, go eat eat yeah. eat a slice of pizza and a hot dog and jump on a treadmill. You'll yeah. barf too. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. What a weirdo. That's great. Yeah. yeah. It's, like um, that, it's like that episode of The Office where uh, Michael Scott is carbo is like carb loading before a marathon. So he eats a huge plate of uh, like carbonara. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's, I, I could not imagine a more disgust. Like, yeah, just also, egg pasta. That, yeah. Also having that much, di- like not just the greasy food, but like being like a 30 year old man shoving that much dairy down your throat before a physical activity. Yeah. I'm surprised he did not shit himself on the bench. <laughs> I'm sure he has. I mean, <laughs> routinely. Lowry had to run off uh, a couple games ago. You, yeah. you guys, I, I saw him run yeah, down yeah, the hallway for a second. To go to the washroom, I think. <laughs> it's pretty rare, but players do it. Yeah, but. I saw. I think yeah. they cut he, to him he moved a, fast. They cut to him for a split second, and he was like jogging. I was like, oh, is he hurt? <laughs> no, he no, bathroom yeah, break. Yeah. Uh, but yo, what about what? So like, but you, you guys heard that thing? Like, I think it was a year or two ago. How it's like peanut butter and jam sandwiches are like the fat of the whole NBA now. Really? No, Do you guys, no, I didn't hear that. Oh, I read this great article how like one guy <laughs> would have like a peanut butter and jam sandwich and now it's like the every trainer on every team has to make a big plate of peanut butter and jam sandwiches. <laughs> Dad, okay, this is Matt's territory. Matt's seeing an opening for himself in the NBA. I'm telling you, that's true. Like that's it's like there was a big article about it. Like one guy started it and now it's like everybody does it. All I can picture is a trainer like frantically making them like Goldie Hawn and overboard. <laughs> Making oh. what? <laughs> Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Yeah. Dude, but you guys say, watch overboard. Oh, Goldie Hawn. <laughs> no, get your Goldie Hawn references <laughs> out of here, buddy. You confused the crap out of me. Will got it. Okay, let's. They, uh, they yeah. remade that movie, I did, didn't they? I did get it. I've seen Overboard a bunch of times. It's a movie that uh, <laughs> now at this point in time is like insanely unacceptable. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I'm <laughs> sure it is. Yeah. It so is. Yeah. I've watched it. You watch the movie and you're like, oh, this is like gravely immoral what's yeah. happening during this movie. Was it from the 80s? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, 
Okay, let's uh, let, let's move on to the NBA. Wait, sorry. Uh, oh, the, uh, Gary's just showing me an uh, article. <laughs> the NBA's secret addiction, and it's a picture of a bunch of like white bread <laughs> and just PB and J's. It doesn't even look appetizing. Yeah, look, this is an ESPN article. It's literally like how one performance enhancing sandwich has spread through the NBA. <laughs> I wonder if they're just like it's just laced with creatine, and they're just like going to town. All I gotta say to that is. <laughs> Oh shit! Nice one, Malcolm. Matt's ready. Okay, here we go. (laughs) Okay, just saying. It started with Kevin Garnett in 0708. It makes a lot. It makes a lot of sense that (laughs) Kevin Garnett would start a weird fad. Psychotic player in NBA history. (laughs) Okay, Will. um, Are you ready for some for some All Star talk or what? Yeah, sure. Um, Okay, give me a. We'll, we'll, we'll ping pong uh, back and forth here. Get, w- why don't you start with uh, your low light for the All-Star weekend? What, what was the most cringeworthy thing? Something that just sucked? Whatever. Uh, I didn't uh, I didn't watch. Uh, I didn't watch uh, almost all of the All-Star game and I missed the Friday stuff. Right. But I think for sure it's just like it's all of the missed dunks. Like the, the dunk contest. It's like if one guy misses a lot of dunks it's whatever but like when that many guys miss that many dunks that they clearly pulled off once out of five attempts while they were practicing yeah and they were like i bet i can do it on the day with like the adrenaline or something it just just a lot of them didn't really seem that prepared and i honestly think all of the sort of like missed dunks and sloppiness sloppiness of it I honestly think it took away from like the one like truly great dunk. The flying elbow the dunk. Does. Oh yeah. The uh honey dip over Shaq. Like that, that was, was amazing. Like, it's a fucking great dunk. And people cheered and like the bar I was in, we all made a lot of noise. But if that had happened during that uh the like Aaron Gordon Levine dunk contest, people would have been going fucking nuts about it. Yeah, that dunk off was pretty all special. Of- all the misses hurt the actual good dunks that did take place. Um, I want to talk about, uh, I think, my favorite low light I've seen in, in, airplane. A, the, yeah, <laughs> in a very the long airplane, time. Yeah. So, Wait, first of all, I just want to say, yeah. just going back to the Aaron Gordon dunks, by the way, the, the best dunk was the one under both legs, not the one at the end. I actually I mean? like the rotating one. Nah, it's garbage. Well, That's, I like the whole... It's gimmicks <laughs> fooling you. He put both legs no, in. No, he put the, both the legs. The rotating one is timing. That, the timing yeah, of that that's one. That's like an MC Escher impressive. dunk. The other one is, imagine kicking both your legs forward like you're seated and the no, ball it's completely amazing. under yourself. Like, that's the more impressive... Anyway, I'm going to say something about dunks after. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Aaron Gordon should have won that, actually. Yeah, um, but for sure. Oh, no. The issue is the dunk Gary's talking about, the like over the mascot like as if he's seating that's that's like the most impressive dunk in the history of the dunk contest my friend actually has an idea he probably read this somewhere but that at the end of each round gives his friend no credit should be able (laughs) every judge should be able to assign one additional point so essentially every judge should be able to give one 11 to one of the dunks Hmm. at the end of each round 
Well, that would definitely help the people who go first who always get robbed. I actually watched the, oh, um, yeah. we, we, uh, was it the, yeah, it was the Aaron Gordon um, Levine dunk off and Will Barton's first dunk yeah. is incredible and he gets like a 44. Oh, yeah. It's a full on 10. I'm not, you know, whatever. I'm glad Will Barton wasn't part of the finals because it was amazing. <laughs> but um, no, I, oh, we got to talk about this plane dunk just for a sec here because <laughs> I love, one of my favorite things about the All-Star game or the All-Star weekend is that the NBA plays fast and loose with what works and what doesn't. And there's just, there's a long history of like amazing failures. And the the John Collins plane failure was... <laughs> it's pretty special. Like, okay, so uh, I, I was listening to him on Windhorse, uh, on Brian Windhorse podcast before he did the dunk off. So check this out. He used all his resources to get a um, Wright Brothers, uh, basically uh, a model made for this dunk off. Right. It was very expensive. He had to get all this insurance that he wouldn't break the plane <laughs> at all. That's insane. I know. Yeah. So this is like <laughs> two months of work. So he knew way before. Oh. It was announced he's going to be in the dunk off. Um, and then he really had to get lawyers involved and like this whole thing. What? Yeah. Why? No, because, I, because, okay, he's a history buff and the Wright brothers, I guess the first plane, whatever was in Charlotte. <laughs> I, I got to tell you this story so it, when you're done, but okay. Yeah. So going. to me, all the context really builds up to like, I think one of the clown, best clown bits we've ever seen yeah. when he was putting on the scarf, it kept falling off. When he's putting on the toque, it kept falling off. Every time he'd bend down, one of the things would fall off and he'd try to put he it back on. He couldn't see in the goggles. He couldn't also. see in the goggles. Had to immediately take them off. He brought like a flying V of like goggled airplane dudes who immediately just like took off stage left. <laughs> like everything. And then he did a lot of searching around um, and the plane came out and then it all just culminated with him like both hitting one of the one of the little like wing things on the takeoff <laughs> and then hitting another wing um, after he landed. And the dunk wasn't that special okay to me it was just i'm like that's like that's better than surge rescuing the boy's toy so yeah. so like that, that's really up there as far as one of the worst oh, yeah. things i've ever seen so so you know we're at comedy bar uh -huh. it's like it's on the tv but there's no volume because there's shows going on whatever we're, we're in the back of the cab like for a show and i'm like what is happening <laughs> it was long and too, was right? yeah and roger roger bainbridge he's like he's like oh that's the tuskegee airmen and i was like <laughs> like and i was like i was like okay i guess that's a historical thing that's yeah. connected specifically to where to charlotte where it was yeah right, yeah and I, he just said it so casually like he knew exactly yeah. everything that had gone into oh. setting this up then you see this plane come out <laughs> It's like, I can't believe you're telling me that that was expensive because it looked like shit. No, like, no they made it in a hurry. Well, yeah, they well, had a lot of people working like that, overnight. That, yeah, that was like popsicle sticks. Why didn't they like, <laughs> why didn't they have a finished painted model plane? Like, Dude, that was like a replica that people like, like put no, in place with waste like of time. Honestly, waste of time. Like it was. Oh, the like, thing looked like one of those, like <laughs> when you'd go to a museum on a field trip, it looked like one of the models you would buy in the gift shop. Yeah. Like where it was for like five-year-old kids because you just slot pieces of brittle That's right. Wood yeah, together. the wood just slots together. It's like anyway, so so whatever. It's like <laughs> you get all these pilots out there to just stand around nothing to do with the dunk. <laughs> Again, good. so stupid. Uh 
so we're half paying attention because we're doing a show or whatever. Yeah. And then like, I guess the, I see him kick part of the plane or whatever. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Just first try par, kicks the plane. Par, I, I wish he crashed like right into the plane. Par, par for the course for a dunk hunt. Oh yeah. I yeah. wish he like face planted and like literally, it you should, know. It should have been like the story of Everest on Mr. Show. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he should have tripped right into <laughs> that plane. Like. Chris Farley threw a coffee table. Yeah. Just smash it. But like, oh. so, so anyway, that happens. And then like, and then the next guy has this like guy you know I, I mentioned this to you it's like the next guy is dunking over a guy in a tie-dye shirt right? <laughs> oh is that the J. Cole one? I don't know oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. don't know there's no volume right so yeah, I'm like yeah. okay so they just got so like a plane goes high they just got this guy who's <laughs> higher yeah. and then like just looks like a stone dude in a tie-dye shirt yeah. and he's just gonna go over that guy and like my problem overall with all okay two, two things one mm-hmm. if you're gonna keep the dunk contest as is like the props thing, like you go back and watch Vince, it's like there's no props, man. It's just unbelievable, like unbelievable physical strength and height. Yeah. And like, you know, whatever physicality, you're either doing a 360 or your arms are spinning around or you're doing something with your body or contorting your body in a way that's incredibly impressive and still happening to windmill the ball into the basket. Yeah. Now, all that said, during halftime at games, we see these guys come out and jump off a trampoline and do like I know. 720s in the air and dunk. <laughs> and now you want me to be impressed by a guy just doing a basic dunk? I've already seen a guy off a trampoline go higher than the basket in the air. Yeah, and also like a lot of the mascots You've can do dunks. crazy shit. Yeah, a guy in a gorilla costume can jump from mid-court and spin in the air and dunk. What the fuck do I care about totally. regular dunks? And the Memphis Grizzly like puts himself through tables and stuff. Um... <laughs> But uh, no, yeah, I mean, it's like I saw Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire pul- just just pulsating stacks of muscle <laughs> hit 70 home runs a year. You think I care about a guy hitting 40? Who cares? Yeah. You've ruined it. You've ruined it. See, I think I saw a slam ball, man. <laughs> Dude, I got to agree to disagree here because uh, for me, a tragic NBA bit when when there's so much pressure on a young player and the expectations are just they're way too high and and people just do they feel like they need to do something really special and it's like a 90% failure rate the, and the, the the low light of the weekend though was oh those was the rookie game those guys like the future stars game or whatever they call it those like guys missing three dunks in a row Wait, was that? <laughs> yeah, that was at the, was uh, two the at, world, the world USA yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, two at one end, and then OG at the other end. And OGs would have looked sick, actually. Yeah. but it just didn't go down. But anyway, I mean, it, what you, are we watching here? What's do, the point? Do of you this? have like a particular low light, though, Gary? Or, or no, just I would it, say that. I would that say one, that, yeah. like, you know, that was like, you know, pretty embarrassing. Yeah. There was no pressure in those situations. What about a highlight? Do you have a highlight? Uh, if yeah, there is none, that's fine. Yeah, there's. It's over. Yeah, it's over. Yeah, we can go back to like <laughs> real competitive basketball. Yeah, the highlight is uh, all of the old ass guys on our team getting like six days of rest. The highlight, you know, fair enough. I guess it's the three point contest now. I thought the three point contest was was pretty good. Like I, I thought the the competition feel like I like that Danny got twenty three and didn't get through. Yeah, um, I feel like it, that's a pretty really high bar. Like the it's like. Obviously, if the dunk contest is good, it's superior. But the three-point contest really is like the anchor to the skills. Stuff. Yeah, it has all the, the stars. Like it's always at least the, the like top two guys are always really good, and it's always like somebody gets on a hot streak and mm-hmm. everybody starts going oh like 
it, yeah. it's the one that most consistently brings some sort of like tension and fun to the proceedings. Um, my, uh, uh, not to get too uh, serious for a sec, but um, I think my highlight was Adam Silver announcing the Africa League. Oh yeah, I thought that was cool. Like, Very cool. Yeah, obviously we'll, we'll see how that unfolds. But I just love the idea of more basketball, and I feel like with the NBA's support that you know they'll probably going to make sure they game it out um, well. Uh, uh, yeah, again, I don't know if it's going to be like a D League thing or more of like a Champions League style tournament. But yeah, just the idea of more competitive basketball and different, just a different league to, for the NBA to funnel into. That's going to have more legitimacy than like the G league. Um, yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't know if you guys have anything to add to the Africa league. I guess we'll, we'll learn more about it as it kind of comes to fruition, but it's supposed to be pretty soon, like 2020. Um, yeah. Uh, let's, uh, oh yeah. Okay. I, I wanted, I wanted to bring up the, the free agent thing. Um, and, and Gary, you, you brought this up earlier, but I just saw a real GM article that was saying, up to 37 to 40% of NBA of all NBA players are going to be free agents this summer. So yeah, just guess like what, what, what's your take on that in terms of like, do you think that's going to create more parity or is it going to be actually less? Cause the NFL has some of that, right? Where there's lots of free agents every year and teams are very much like remade. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, but again, there's, I think there's how many of those, how, you know, how many of those guys are impact guys like that, that high of a number yeah, it drops also, off after like nine or 10 pretty quick, I think. But that's what I'm saying. After those guys, after the, you know, let's say even, you know, let's be generous and say 20 players. Right. After those 20 players, the, the, that just means there's a lot of guys who are going to be out of jobs because mm-hmm. there's going to be younger, affordable guys filling those roles on teams. Do you think, though, this is an opportunity for agents? Like, let's say if you're Danny Green's agent and you want to get him like a, you know, a three year contract and you want to max out the money he's going to get. Do you say, hey, Danny, like I can I can get you that kind of money, but you just got to be on like Sacramento? Yeah, well, type I, of thing like is that maybe what could happen with with so many free agents? Because you you know it always happens, right? You they 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 wait for the big shoe to drop, right? They're gonna wait for Kawhi and KD. Where do they go and that sort of thing? But if I was an agent repping, you know, a guy that was more of a role player or just a solid starter, if I was Chris Middleton's agent, I wouldn't. I would try my best to get a commitment from a team that's not a top tier team and that's not waiting on what KD's gonna do. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe, but you know, what's your priority? Like getting the money or wanting to win or somehow doing both, right? Yeah. It's I mean, like, players always say win, but it's always money. Sure. Is the way I say it. <laughs> sure. But, you yeah. know, again, because there's so many free agents, I mean, you know, again, it's it, it depends on these teams, like, you know, that, you know, how many spots do they have? Mm-hmm. You know, if, if New York misses out on two maxes let's say they get one yeah how much do they have oh, to spend it'll be so good but it'll how much so good i'm very excited for that but how much do they have to spend on other guys right and, and are like, they going to do like when they struck out on on lebron you know they signed like stoudemire and um and uh like uh, i think washington signed like jan mahini and and so so I, I think that should be interesting this time around like the, the types of franchises when if, when and if they strike out on on these max guys you know do they overpay kemba 
Do they yeah. overpay Butler? Uh, is Brooklyn like, man, we're not going to get any of these guys. Let's just give Butler a five-year contract that's going to be look bad in one year. But that's okay. We're Brooklyn. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's, I think, and and you're still listing guys that I put in that top twenty. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, saying yeah. guys closer to the bottom of that twenty, like. They're either going to, I mean, you're going to have those guys that take the, the veteran minimum and stuff to go chase a ring right. too, right? Which is, that, that's fine. Uh, but but it's those guys that want that like, you know, that that middle contract. And mm-hmm. it's like, there's going to be a lot of options to get that kind of money somewhere, you know? Yeah. It's like PJ going to, to Houston last year or whatever, you know? Yeah. It's like guys in that range, there's going to be a lot of those guys that are going to try and help stack a team. Yeah, and, the, and those guys are pretty integral too. So if you're like a savvy GM that's looking for like a, a last couple parts, maybe you could, you know, if you're the Thunder, maybe you see an opportunity in a guy like Danny Green or Tucker. Or like, what's LA gonna do? Oh man, I, I mean, I, I've 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 said this a couple times, and Will, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump to you on the free agency question, but I just want to say that uh, I'm I'm gonna have so much fun watching the Lakers, G State, Boston, New York the Clippers, you know, maybe like a sneaky Mavericks or, or the Brooklyn uh, Nets basically all chase five guys, assuming they're going to get two. And the math just doesn't check out. A bunch of those teams are going to strike out super hard or they're going to end up with Kemba or Butler. But, you know, I, I mean, maybe one of those teams gets KD and Kawhi or or gets Kawhi to join LeBron or whatever. AD is not even a free agent. Yeah. So, he, you know, they still need New Orleans to cooperate um, if you're going to get uh, AD. So I, I'm I'm I don't I'm not that high on the teams that have bottomed out, assuming they're going to get two max contracts. I think those teams are going to look very bad, <laughs> um, particularly the Clippers and, and the Knicks. Like players also know that they're very, very poorly run franchises. And Steve Ballmer, whatever, is really rich. But I don't know if a player is going to look at Steve Ballmer and being like, oh, yeah, you're the one that's taking me to the promised land. You know, like, I'm not sure that's going to happen. I mean, the happen. Lakers. The Lakers have LeBron, but I don't think the Lakers have been particularly well run either. Like, I agree. They're like, uh, this team is like a mess. Like, I feel bad for Luke Walton. People are talking about, like, how he's on the hot seat. It's like, well, his team is, you know, dog shit. And, like, this is the most hurt LeBron has ever been. Mm-hmm. Although I'm sure he's. Luke Walton shouldn't be on the hot seat. Because he sees think. the writing on the wall. Sorry, no, I, I interrupt you. I was just saying that I, I, the Luke Walton being on the on the hot seat stuff, I think, is a bit of an indictment on LeBron. Personally, that's I, I feel like that's a bit silly to try and move him. Yeah, he's a bit of a he's like a bit of it's like, you know, they say that and then you go back to when he wanted uh, Pat Riley to take over the heat. And it's right. like, well, that would have been a fucking disaster if that yes. had happened. Yeah. He would have lost out on one of the best coaches in the entire league. Mm-hmm. But then he moved. Uh, oh, what's that guy's name for for uh, um, uh, Ty Lue? For Ty Lue. Uh, well, who, who's yeah, the, I mean, was the European coach he moved? Uh, it's hilarious. We uh, already forget his name. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that, you know, worked it's kind perfect. of. Um, but yeah, wait, so Will, just uh, how are you feeling about this, like this mass free agency? Do you think it's, it's going to be fun or do you think it's going to change the landscape or not really or? I mean, it feels like every, like the mass free agency is always kind of a bust. Like, because, you know, players tend to, if a team has somebody's bird rights, Mm -hmm. they automatically have a huge advantage because they can typically offer more money and, and, or it's a situation where it's like, you know, as teams start to run out of cap space, it's like, well, if you stay here, we can go way over the cap and give you more money, or you can go somewhere else and just take whatever is left. Like, 
free a lot of free agency movement is good for kind of keeping salaries down a little bit. But I think that's why guys tend to stick with the teams they're on, unless yeah, it's like PJ Tucker looking to uh, uh, looking to compete more aggressively than he would have if he'd uh, just hung around with the Raptors. Um, okay, let's do let's do one more NBA topic before we do the uh, quickish questions here. Um, Will, let's stick with you. Who's your train wreck team for the end of the year? You know, it can be a team that's in the playoffs that's going to fall out, or even you know, falling from first to third or whatever. Just what team is going to have a really bad end of the year? Uh, is it the kind of thing where like they have to derail a little bit, or can they have been a train wreck? All look, it doesn't matter. It could be a train wreck uh, that is just like continuing to train wreck. I mean, I'm probably going to go with the Lakers because I don't see things getting any better. I was hoping someone would say that. Yeah, I think it's going to be bad. It's like the Lakers and the Pelicans because at this point they're so symbiotically, (laughs) like, they're so linked with each other in terms of the insane amount of damage that's been done to both teams this season uh, in regards to each other. And, like, I just don't think – I think, you know, LeBron might make a push to try to make the playoffs, but I also wouldn't be surprised if he – decides to check out a little bit and like save his body for next season. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they fire Luke Walton and they're just, they just don't, the Lakers have weirdly kind of become the Knicks where it seems like they don't really have a plan other than, well, we'll get, we'll get some big names in free agency. Like we'll, we'll get some guys to come here. And it just like, other than LeBron, like back when they won the two extra, the, last two championships with Kobe, that wasn't, they didn't find Gasol. Like that was just like, they just made smart trades to uh, put that team together. So I, I, I don't have a lot of confidence in like the free agency plan for them. And maybe I'm wrong. And, you know, it's the same thing with the Knicks. I think with the Knicks, it's insane that they're just counting on picking up free agents, but they could also be doing collu- secret collusion that we don't know about. Right. And, you know, free agency rolls around and suddenly they have Durant and Kyrie. And I'm like, well, looks like I'm the asshole this time. But I think it's going to be the Lakers for sure. What's funny to me too, about the whole free agency thing is like a player can for sure say like, Hey, I'm going to come to the Knicks. And then when the summer rolls around, be like, you guys look really bad. I'm not coming. Like all that wink, wink. Remember when Boozer fucked the Cavs so bad? Yeah. He was like, let me out of my rookie deal and I'll re-sign with you guys. And then he went to Utah. Like the most ruthless thing I could possibly imagine. Boozer was fairly ruthless in general. Um, Yeah. Did you hear Porzingis was on, uh, or the Raptors were on his trade list? I did. Yeah. That four team list. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. Gary, who's your, who's your fall off the rails team? Oh man, there's so many there like, that you know, like because it's all about expectations. I feel well, like. it's like yeah, I, I I'll say like all those teams like that we were talking about coming in the eight spot in the East, like you know, I, you know Char- Charlotte could fall apart and and yeah. Ke- Kemba, they're all so bad anyways and, and that they Ke- could just be and, bad. Yeah. And like Kemba's leaving, what are they going to be left with? Like, and they have Michael Jordan. You yeah, know what I mean? oh it's God. like, what's he done for that organization? <laughs> Nothing. The, the fact that he's attached to that organization and they, they've just like, there's nonstop floundering. Like I never, ever feel sorry for Michael Jordan, but I saw a picture of him and Magic Johnson at the all-star game. And I was like, oh man. Yeah. I feel <laughs> honestly, like I'm like, there, like you would think for, for how long he's been there, something would have happened by now and nothing's happened. And no. like Kemba's going to leave and he's yeah. the best guy. So it's like, Make the playoffs or not, he has no support. They're going to get pumped. It's like, 
Detroit's a disaster. Uh, like, I, you know, I don't know who I really want to be a disaster is Boston. Yeah, of course. Like I, I'd, I'd, I'd love, love that. They, they've been coming together, you know, and they're like winning, like on a winning streak. I'd love to see them lose a first round series. Yeah. Uh, because I want to see Horford get in Steven's face. You know yeah. I mean? Yeah. I, you know, already <laughs> never happened. Like, like there was that article last week or something where they're like, you know, we're not like, we're not having fun. Yeah. You know, we're not like gelling as a team and it's not fun to play here or whoever said that. And it's like, that's what I want. I want, (laughs) I want them to combust. And it's like, because I I think it helps the whole East for them to have to like, either like, like, you know, whatever Kyrie opts out and leaves or whatever, whatever, like they they have too many assets and too many future assets. Like Mm -hmm. they need to be taken down a peg and now's the time for that to happen. Yeah. My, my, I was going to say the Clippers because I think that, um, you know, their, their whole kind of like, you know, retooling and and prep to get a free agent, you know, it's, it's going to make their, their on-court product worse, I think for this, for this last stretch. And I think that a team like Sacramento, the Lakers want it more, but I feel like the Clippers, you know, if they finish a 10th or something, they're going to be like, we have our pick. This is part of our plan. The team who I think that has just all sorts of outsized expectations is Philly. And I feel like they're super combustible and I'm just excited for one little match to get lit, whether it's Butler or Embiid or, you know, Simmons, yeah, I don't know, refusing to shoot or something. Um, I just think that there's a good chance that they're like a Redick, you know, toe injury away from being way worse than they expect and and calling each other out in public and I, I'd, I'd be here for it. I'd love every minute of it. Hmm. Yeah, um, it really feels like all it takes for the Sixers to totally fall apart is just like one guy to just like sleazily stick his foot under Redick as Redick is going up for honestly. jumper. And like, and then they're, I mean, who's like, who's shooting on that team after that? He's so, J.J. Redick is, is like such a weird player because his stats have never been very good, but he's been such a fundamentally important player on so many of the teams he's played on. Like, mm. He's like when Danny Green is at his peak. He's just a guy who does a lot of things like 7.5 or 8 out of 10. And once you lose all those qualities, the team is just like really in disrepair. Yeah, when you're when you're a floor spacer, it's like, it's like your your gravity and everything is so vital to the team. So I, I could see losing Redick just kind of closing the court for that team big time. Like of the of these bad teams, who's going to be even worse next year? Like, like, is Chicago getting better or worse? Chicago's just no. a weird disaster. What like, are they? The, I, the, you know, the I, I've always liked Otto Porter, but uh, we'll see. Like, I don't think that that's what they needed. Um, Brooklyn, I actually think, has changed it around a bit. I think Atlanta's going to try to be bad again. Uh, Cleveland is is probably like on a three year tear down or something. Cleveland's going to be is going to get worse. Yeah, I think there's a chance that the Knicks are way worse, which makes me laugh. Um, <laughs> but yeah, let's let's get to some NBA uh, quickish questions. But before that, Matt, tell me something I don't know about Lou Williams. Lou Williams uh, played 80 games for the Raptors during the 2014-15 uh, season. That was right. our first season that I jumped on board of this podcast. I was a big fan of him. Did you know he's close with Bow Wow? With little Bow Wow? Well, he's just Bow Wow now, okay? Okay. <laughs> I, I didn't know that, no. Okay. I know rappers cool. like him. Now, of course, uh, it's, there seems to be a theme in all these today. There is a food related. Oh, God, okay. <laughs> this is, I. you probably know this because this is, you know, one of his most famous stories, but he, uh, someone tried to rob him 
back in 2011 at gunpoint. Lou Williams? Yeah. Okay. He, he defused the situation and took the robber to McDonald's. Okay. That's good shit. <laughs> oh, he didn't know that one? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's great. When he played for Philly. Yeah. I love that it ends with them going to McDonald's. Yeah. yeah he took him and bought him. Probably got yeah. the fries. Yeah. Yeah. Probably got the fries. A lot Definitely of got the fries. For sure. Yeah. I hope he didn't buy him one of their horrible hamburgers or the guy would have fucking robbed him again. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got a little uh, Lou Williams thing on sure. Open Gym. Uh, the, you know that uh, haunted hotel that everyone's afraid of in Oklahoma City that like half the players don't want to stay at? Well, Lou Williams was like pretty serious about that. And he paid for his, like the camera crew followed him to a different hotel. And he was like, I'm not staying yeah. there. Really? The place is filled oh, with ghosts. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, I did not know about that. that yeah, it, it's up. a thing. Yeah. They all stay at this hotel and they're all pretty confident That's about the ghosts. Hilarious. There. Um, yeah. Any, any more Lou Will stuff? Um, he was asked if, uh, well, you know that he, he does some rap and he was on a meat mm-hmm. mill track. That's right. And a Drake. Uh, and a Drake one. Yeah. Um, he said that if he were to compare his playing style to a rapper, uh-huh. he'd be Rick Ross. I, I don't get that. I don't, I don't really <laughs> I get don't that either. <laughs> he probably just thinks Rick Ross is cool. And we all remember when yeah. he dated the two girls. Uh, that's right. Two will. Two will Reese and uh, Ashley. Uh huh. Just to give you an update on that. Ashley's no longer in the picture. Oh, okay, okay. Fair enough. Just Reese. Cheers. Okay. Just Reese. Cheers. All right. <laughs> um, well, Matt, is that, is that that's all you it got? for Lou Williams? I'll give, I'll give you an A minus for that because the McDonald's thing was pretty sweet. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you didn't know that one. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's move on over to the quickish questions. Would you give me the sting? Thanks for adding that. No problem. Yeah, me in there. Um, okay, Gary, Will, you guys have done quickish questions. Before you know how it works, I'm going to stammer through some questions, <clears throat> and you got to answer them as quick as uh, humanly possible. Sound good? Yep. Okay, Gary, it's from Tristan. You're all drafting a celebrity to play with you on a two-on-two tournament. Who do you draft? Uh... <clears throat> Is Kareem a celebrity? <laughs> sure. He's he the, is. He's in the movie. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that counts. That no, counts. No, no. It yeah, should, no. should be just like a movie star or someone, right? Yeah. Um, or Wynn Butler. Yeah. You know, he's yeah. good, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. Um, I thought Kareem was a pretty good answer. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. he's in a lot of movies. He writes yeah. for Veronica Mars. Yeah. Um, what? Yeah, he's a writer. He's a staff writer on Veronica Mars. <laughs> Yeah. Tell me something I don't know, Matt. Incredible. Holy shit. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, Matt, come from Josh. Okay. Uh, Josh. Best players who aren't, uh, sorry, who's the best player who, who isn't technically an all-star? Uh, best player who's, <laughs> who's not an all-star yet. Not an all-star yet. Um, I mean, I'm going to say Pascal. Damn right. Okay, Will. No, it's it's Mike Conley. Yes, Mike. Mike uh, yeah, sorry, you're damn wrong, Matt. It's Mike Conley. Jesus, <laughs> um, <laughs> your mind. Listen, I'm, I'm ready to I'm ready to just go with the winner uh, winning answer here. Um, Will, it's come from Jonathan. Is anyone uh, going to be dumb enough to sign Carmelo this year? Uh oh, dude. Of course. <laughs> is it the question? Is any when it comes to NBA GMs, the question is anybody going to be dumb enough to? The answer is. Always, yes. Yes. There is like always an agent who's like a good enough talker to can because it's like it's that type of thing where like we're not in anybody's circles in the NBA, and I'm sure it's a lot more like cloistered and shut off where people just talk to the people they talk to, and so like absolutely somebody's going to be able to convince a team to make a deal 
and uh, take mellow. Yes. It's just quickest it's just questions, like, much, right? Yeah. It's not quickish too answers. Legacy there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. You got the mat sting. Okay, Gary. Um, this come from Tyler. Whose abilities uh, would the Monstars take in today's NBA uh, and the upcoming draft? Like, you know, the best for uh, commercials featuring NBA players, uh, objects people uh, haven't dunked. Oh, sorry. He's asking a bunch of questions with no question marks. Let's just uh, let's just go with the first <laughs> sentence. Uh, the first sentence is uh, which uh, here, I'm going to read it again. Whose abilities? <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, whose abilities would the Monstars take in today's NBA and the upcoming NBA draft? I don't know. Stars. Fair enough. Um, who the who do the monsters like? Nobody knows. I'm gonna go with Zion. Um, okay, Matt. Uh, it's coming from Tom. I feel like you should have to break it down because the monsters. It wasn't just like they took the four best. Wasn't like Muggsy Bogues one of them? He was. Yeah, they did actually feel the team. The monsters. Yeah. Um, yeah. Somebody should like sit down and break down like the types of players that all the guys they picked. Because and I think Sean Bradley was one of them too. Sean Bradley so you was need, one. Like. You need like uh, like uh, like big white stiff who guys love to dunk on. Like it should be broken down by category. Yeah, Boban would be in there for sure. Yeah, Boban. Boban would be great. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, Boban's great for anything. He is. He, he's good for like uh, In and Out Burger, whatever. Make him famous, then <laughs> I'll take him on my team. There you go. Make him. He's not famous enough. No, like, um, no, like a, like yeah. a celebrity though. Yeah. Okay, Matt. Um, it's come from Tom. Hi, Tom. How long will Bobby be cool with Masai getting all the credit? Great question for me. Um, I think that he is not cool with Masai getting all the credit, but I think he's ready to do something earth shattering this summer. Okay. BW Esquire. Who the heck? Who the hell is Bobby? Bob, <laughs> yeah, oh, you're pissing Matt off. And Bobby Webster worked. Don't play that weird sound effect. He, uh, he's he's Masai's <laughs> right hand man. Um, he's the general manager. No, it's Masai. Okay, so he's the Will. President. Um, yeah, come on. The the president is the general man. It's what? Like, no president is like, hey, I'm just going to let my underling. Uh, you make the decisions. Okay, well, this has come from Tom. What's your favorite non-Confederacy of Dunks Raptors podcast? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and we oh, just found oh, out oh, Will doesn't the, listen to any. Oh, you know, the only other one I can think of is the one that uh, Eric Kareen and uh, Blake... Uh, Murphy, do Raptors reasonablest. Fair enough. Whoa, don't double up on my fair enough, Matt. Okay, uh, Gary, uh, I, I don't, yeah, I'm going to read this. I don't know exactly where the question is, but you just give me a comment. Oh, it's come boy. from Jess. What teams uh, do you think are playing at their highest level versus what teams do, do you think can hit another level in the playoffs? Personally, I think Milwaukee is playing at their highest skill level currently, which is great for the regular season, but I don't see them getting better in the playoffs. Same with Philly. Boston and us are the only two in our conference who I feel will actually get better. So, yeah, what's what, yeah, what team do you think uh, can hit another gear, I guess? Oh, I she did that thing where you ask the question and answer it. Yes. So I'll just say yes. <laughs> okay, fair enough. We agree. Matt, come from Matt. How yeah. tall would Kyle Lowry have to be to be the best NBA player of all time? Of all time? That's right. Um, I'd say doing what he does at uh, a six, six and a half would be great. Okay. Will, it's come from Matt. Yeah. On a scale of one to ten, how much do you miss? I would have said like eight feet tall, dude. No. 
What? Mm-hmm. Let's yeah. not get crazy 50, here. 50,000 feet yeah. tall. Yeah, what do you mean? No. Yeah, I guess if there's no height limit, it's like godly yeah. tall, like Prometheus ten, ten style. 10 feet tall. He's got what? a bad back. I don't want him getting, you know, he's taking that bad, bad back with him to his yeah. new height. He just like puts his hand on the court and just like sweeps everyone off. <laughs> of yeah, him. yeah. He's, so he's like, yeah. he's a big like a monster that murders yeah, people. Yeah, it's <laughs> cool, cool. just a chessboard and he just sweeps everyone off <laughs> and, um, then, and then drops literally this, yeah. this pee into, <laughs> into the basket. <laughs> <laughs> that got so amazing and weird. BFG? Okay. Um, Will, come from that. Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much do you miss DeMar? Uh, look, what? Uh, as like a guy, having like as a guy on the team, as like a person, I'm probably sitting at like a 9 or a 10. But as a player, I think it's a 0 because everyone... Everyone involved is better off. Like, I think, like, it's not just the Raptors moving on. I also think it's good for DeMar to, like, be in a fresh place because hmm. there's clearly something going on in his head when it gets to, like, the playoffs. Right. And I just think this is, like, a great opportunity for him to clear his head and, like, let go of all that baggage. So I think it's, like, a, a I, I, like, do miss having him around in, like, Instagram posts and stuff and just, like, in team photos but as a player on the court i am i was exclusively happy to see him leave and go to maybe like the number one class organization of the entire league happy to uh happy to say goodbye but it's also hard gary yeah i'm sorry i just just sorry, on that point i know you're going to have a question but just on that point i agree completely and it's like the you know i you do miss that like we're starting to see it now with guys like pascal where it's like there is that like chest thumping after you like yeah nail for sure shot. like cuz we haven't had guys do that this year to to this point and people really. like you know like when you watch Embiid, he can get Philly going like like it really ups that advantage. Yeah, and, you know and, with his you know his kind of like Hulk Hogan ear thing. It's right. like people go crazy. When yeah, it and that. Demar used to do that stuff. You know, in, and, yeah, in his own way. Exactly. Yeah, you, he was more like refined, but you could still. Yeah. Sure, but it was like you know it was flexing. Yeah, on the other team, you know, and for your fans and to to, route, to get the team energized and get them going. And it's like I feel like we were missing that like ownership feel you know because yeah. it, it really did feel like that that whatever we say like yeah we're better off as a team and everything but there is that feeling of ownership that players have like for this sure is our team and it's like when it feels too much like a business then you're just at you're just at work yeah you know i think that, yeah, that, that, it was always like sorry. lowry it was always like lowry was like it was never lowry even though he was clearly the best player and the most important player it's never been like his team. Yeah, like, you've always Demar was the face. Tension between him and the organization, and like on the court, he would sulk sometimes. And but like, and he was great, and everybody seemed to like him. But like, yeah, there just wasn't. That. I remember last season, Demar making a huge clutch shot and like sort of skipping down the court, and in the background, you could see Kyle Lowry like jumping around and screaming and swinging his arms as if he was DeMar DeRozan's dad. It's like the most hilarious clip seeing him just out of, or just in frame, like screaming and celebrating. And like, 
that is a thing that has been like missing a lot this season until yeah like Siakam is you know starting to make like weird clutch uh, layups and shit that get everybody pumped up you guys just wait till Marcus Gasol starts kissing people's foreheads <laughs> it's gonna be hype sliding on his knees and pulling his jersey <laughs> oh, over his head it's gonna be sick okay <laughs> Gary uh, it's come from Matt what type of player uh, would be LeBron's Wario Man, like, are you asking? Yeah, who's like, LeBron? Who, who's like you're is talking Mario about? Mario currently or in the NBA? Like, stop uh, asking me these nerdy video games. Listen, monster. The only like, the only follow up is that I'm an adult man. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. No, I, what do you want? I don't know. Lance Stevenson, and he's on his own team with him. That's who. <laughs> okay, Matt. About, yeah, that's um, a decent pick. What about like Nate Robinson, who is insanely athletic? But very small, and instead of like a very like intelligent, like calming player on. The I see court. him being like he's a little like, peach. Yeah, I, I was gonna yeah. say he's like pre-mushroom Mario. He is LeBron. <laughs> he just didn't get the growth mushroom yet. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, Matt. All right. Um, also coming from Matt. Um, would you have traded Kawhi for the Lakers package they offered up for? Davis? Oh yeah, sure. Give him a real basketball question. <laughs> Save something garbage. Uh, listen, for me. I got a good one coming for you, Gary. Trust me. Uh, is it the one that has like Ron? Yeah. and well, Beasley and basically whatever the, the Lakers could what I've traded yeah um uh, no no correct answer <laughs> no um okay uh will uh, it's coming from Tristan uh it was Valentine's Day recently and it's been cold in Toronto who would give the best hugs in the NBA I believe uh, this question was meant for Gary, not me. <laughs> oh, I got, I got one for Gary. Trust me. He's going to piss him off. Uh, it's um, uh, oh, in the entire NBA. That's right. Best hugger. Oh, oh dude. A Boban. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah like, he, seems big like hands. It, it seems like it'd be bad because he is just like a ropey man who literally only eats soup. But he just is like <laughs> so cheerful and so big. I think uh, I think you would feel extremely safe in his arms. Yeah, he'd treat you well. Um, Gary, it's come from Matt. How bored is Gary of January? Oh, hundred percent. Hundred percent bored. Oh, I'm a hundred percent bored of it. Okay, just because <laughs> poor Gary's been getting nonstop uh, <laughs> garbage questions. Uh, this one, this one's a uh, this one's a bit better. Um, Oh, only a bit, though. Okay, Gary, it's coming from Tristan. Uh, you've been charged with booking an act for a halftime show during a game. What would you? What would your ideal halftime show consist of? Uh, I would put. I would. I would run a full slam ball league during <laughs> halftime. Uh, I want all the trampolines out there. That was a great. Listen, yeah. people got so the hurt. Only reason that slam ball didn't succeed is because it was like the dragons versus like Team Green and Team Yellow like, and the horrific injuries. No, once you had to, started blocking shots. You just had to put it coming in, down to like breaking femurs. You like, had to put it in cities. They had to represent <laughs> cities, man. That was the it's only true. thing missing. You, do it. you can't just represent. Like, otherwise, it's just like the same as when they used to have roller derby on TV or yeah. American Gladiators. It's like put it in cities, represent cities. That would be a real league. Mm -hmm. No, uh, yeah, I, Dude, I, I, I really imagine if there was a whole sports league based
based around performing at halftime at other sporting <laughs> events. It'd be great. Uh, I, I guess the quick change artists, those are great. <laughs> the quick change artists are so fun. I like the Simon Says guy, but yeah, he's already a thing. Yeah. Um, okay. Oh, you, uh, know who, you know who you should get? You should get that guy who did a Just for Laughs gala like 20 years ago. Where he pulls himself through a tennis racket? Up as a, half of him was dressed up as Diana Ross yes. and the other half was dressed up as Lionel Richie. Any, any of those. A duet is both of them. Any of those. That's pretty great. Any, any of the French acts that go between the comics, I would take all of them. So, the I guy, put them on this the court at the same time. The, the, guys, the guy who's Michael Jackson with like the Jackson 5 on sticks, dummies on sticks uh, on the yeah. other side of him. That guy for sure. Yeah. Uh, guy who wow. pulls himself through a tennis racket, no question. Yeah. Uh, guy who, <laughs> literally, we saw. Um, uh, How about just everyone who's going to go to Burning Man? I went with. Come on down. I, I went with Nikki. I went with Nikki Payne to see her do her first gala. Uh, Pat and I went, and she was like, she was like worried she had to go after one of these French acts. And then, sure enough, sure enough, it was a guy. A guy came out in like a wrestling jumper, like a neon striped wrestling jumper and a painter's cap, and they played like trance music. And then it was like basically like a monkey bars, like a jungle gym. And he just stuck his legs in it different ways, and like you know, like was vertical, like leaning out of like leaning out of different parts of the monkey bars for five minutes of music. And then the music ended and then a no no host, a voiceover goes, ladies and gentlemen, Nikki Payne. Like it was That's... And then she had to come out and do comedy. It was it was truly, wow. truly prime insane. conditions for comedy. Yeah. 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 Really yeah. insane. Yeah. One of the like being a part of like the uh like um, American side of Just for Last and getting to watch like comics I know come over to me and be like, hey, why are there all these French people like taking photos and laughing in front of a giant lawn chair. And I'm like, buddy, that's the kind of humor they love here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That are bigger than they should be. And yeah, like hey, uh, human beings who do things that human beings aren't meant to, but for practical reasons. The like, opener. You and you're like, oh yeah, most <laughs> people couldn't do that. Um, who cares though? The opener of a show I saw was a guy tossing pizza doughs for 10 minutes. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like it would kill. Yeah. yeah, you know what they? You're, you're actually though. You're talking about the like things that are just larger than they are, and it's like they yeah. look, every year in Montreal they bring out these three guys who walk around with these giant ten foot tall heads on, like big fake giant. I heads saw with their those heads. guys. They were yeah. rocking it. Yeah, and they and people are all over them. I love it. They can't get away. <laughs> I was following them around for a couple blocks. I was yeah. looking for food too. But They're like, crowded. Yeah, you um, can. Okay, two. So, wait, I, I I got two more questions oh here. Oh boy. Matt, uh, coming from Tristan, um, it's kind of a triple question, but just just oh, go great. for it. You've been granted your own expansion team. Um, what city would it be in? What's the name? And what's the mascot? Um, wow, um, I'm gonna go with uh, Quebec. Okay, <laughs> Quebec is the city. Quebec yep. city. Quebec city. Yep. Um, uh, and the the mascot is uh, yeah, Patrick Poutine. Okay, and uh, what's the uh, what's the team name? The team name is the the Quebec City Ramblers. Okay, uh, I mean Nordiques. You missed a you missed a perfect opportunity to taunt every citizen of Quebec City by bringing them an NBA franchise named the Nordiques. Oh, I know. See, I'm not that mean though. I I'm I would trying be to that. build up. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to build up a property or, or the Canadians <laughs> or the Canadians. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Will it the Anglo way? Yeah. Well, I got the last question of the pod oh, for yeah. you. Um, actually, yeah. we, we can all answer this. Will, uh, you go first, though. It's from Timber. Did you know that Jack Armstrong is younger than Leo Routens? Get out of here. 
<laughs> Come on. Do you mean get that garbage out of here? Yeah. <laughs> Specifically? I, Are you I, saying you don't believe I, it or you know that Jack's actually 24? No. How how old is Jack Armstrong? Jack Armstrong is way younger than you think. I'm pretty sure he's like 52. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way. Dude, I'm looking up right now. Jack Armstrong is so young, it's shocking. How oh has God. Jack Armstrong had lung cancer three times? <laughs> Jack Armstrong. Wait, Why everyone guess. Everyone guess. Talk like that. Okay, uh guess how old he is. Go ahead. Gary? Gonna, I I gotta guess sixty. Sixty? Okay. Uh well. Uh, I'm going with Price is Right rules here. One years old. <laughs> okay, fair. You're you're almost closer. No, he's 56. Wow. Yeah. So, wow. and I would have gone higher. I, I only because everyone's saying how young he is. Like, I would assume that that guy was around seven. I, I I'm thinking about my dad. <laughs> yeah. He is 72. I'm like, yeah, so For that's sure. about the same age at least, like 72, 73. <laughs> and he only ever talks about things that existed like 40 years ago. So it just fits, you know. Yeah. Like, um, that's insane. Uh, Jack, 56 Jack years old is like a very underrated, insane color commentator. I like, totally Americans agree. Don't know enough, like. He just hasn't had enough exposure to this market for like people to truly appreciate how strange Raptors broadcasts are with this bland uh, professional man. And then just like a grandpa who just like rolled out of the coal mine and walked right into the studio yeah. and started doing color comedy. And he didn't even coach for that long, which I, is I, one of the funniest parts. I do prefer him to Leo though. Oh, oh yeah. I oh, think yeah. like Leo is just like, if, if anyone prefers anything or, or, or if anyone prefers Leo over anything, they have issues. And you know, yeah, like anything at all. Are one of the cursed families of Canada, I think. Yeah. Who, who is that? Oh, the Routens, the yeah. Routens. The, you know, yeah. so and the like other Andy's had a lot of bad breaks, and Leo was like a fucking disaster as a national coach. And oh, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, the only thing I'll say is this: that like, so Devlin's good for Raptors, but when he does a Jays game, I want to break my TV. Really, can't stand it. <laughs> can't stand it because he doesn't say anything. He just says the facts. Yeah, yeah. Like he yeah. has no opinion of what he's talking about. In his voice, even he's not even if he changed the words. Even in his voice, there's no opinion. So then, it's not anything. It's a guy describing what I'm looking at, which he, is he's not enough that, like, for me. He's like in that American, like Ron McLean club, where he clearly he gets a lot of gigs because he does way more than Jay. He does playoff basketball. He does playoff uh, baseball sometimes. Um, Okay, wow. that's, that's that's the pod, the pod. though, guys. Um, thanks so much for doing it. Thanks for everyone who listens, uh, yeah. all the support. And uh, and Gary, what's what's going on? You got anything coming up? Uh, yeah, um, shows every day. Yeah, the shows bar. shows every day. <laughs> shows every day. Uh, Go to the comedy bar. Maria Bamford's there next yeah. week. She's it's all sold out. So yeah. I don't come. Don't uh, come. Don't come. <laughs> uh, that's about it. Cool. Um, Will, uh, you got any you know parting shots at uh, Mr. Glass or? <laughs> What's up? Uh, I mean, mother of God, I couldn't even get a fucking plug out of those animals. Uh, so, <laughs> like, just like absolute slobs over it, This American Life. So if you were planning on listening to This American Life, please don't. And even, even if you don't care for my comedy or the sound of my voice <laughs> or my being on this earth, like, just put your headphones in and take them out of your ears and... Just play my album on like Spotify or something. It's called Fuck This Guy. Uh, <laughs> like, really and truly, but 
it's just like a weird coincidence, but that episode coming out and then my streams like plummeting have me insanely pissed off about the whole thing. Fair enough. Well, I'm going to go home and play your album a million times. Yeah. Hey, thanks. (laughs) No problem, buddy. Thanks for doing the pod. All right. Hey, thanks for having me. You. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's going to be all right, everybody. All right. Thanks so much for listening. See you guys. See ya. It's the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. 